from the book of John, chapter 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Thank you, Bruce. Now that's one of the classic resurrection stories. Jesus coming to his disciples who were in a locked room and saying, peace be with you. It's all okay. And Thomas saying, how do we know it's going to be all okay? And Jesus replies, because it is. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And it's because of that fear, do not be afraid, he said. It's because of that fear that we're always rushing ahead. Fear that we won't get what we want. It's always there. You know, even when we're ordering in a restaurant, you're in the menu and you're thinking, you know, am I going to get really what I want? You know, they're all going to order too quickly around me. You know, every time, you know, the fear that we're not going to be in the right place, that we're not going to get the right tickets, the fear that it's always there, the fear that we're not going to get what we want, fear that we'll be disadvantaged in some way, fear that the world won't be changed in the way that we want it to be changed. And it won't be changed quickly enough for us, that we're not doing the right thing for it to be changed, or we're not doing the right things for ourselves for it to be changed. There is, a, in that fear, a lack of trust in the universal mind, a trust in the idea that things are going to naturally unfold. As it says in that Great Tao Te Ching reading, number 39. Now, this reading was written more than 2,500 years ago. Okay? This was written more than 500 years before the common era, before Christ, as they said. It says, in harmony with the Tao, the sky is clear and spacious. The earth is solid and full. All creatures flourish together, content with the way that they are endlessly repeating themselves, endlessly renewed. When man interferes with the Tao, the sky becomes filthy, the earth becomes depleted, the equilibrium crumbles, creatures become extinct. The master views 
the parts with compassion because he understands the whole. His constant practice is humility. He doesn't glitter like a jewel, but he lets himself by the shape be shaped by the towel as a rugged, as rugged as a common stone. So, you know, so prescient 2,500 years later, you know, when man interferes with the Tao, the sky becomes filthy, the earth becomes depleted, the equilibrium crumbles, and the creatures become extinct. And our impatience impels us to act, to do something. But it says the master views the parts with compassion because he understands the whole. His constant practice is humility. He doesn't glitter like a jewel, but lets himself be shaped by the towel as rugged as a stone. He just carries on, rugged and humble. Like Sue says, I have three things to teach you. Patience, simplicity, and compassion. These three things are your greatest treasures. Simple in actions and thoughts. Your return to the source of being. Patient with both friends and enemies. Your accord with the way that things are. And compassionate towards yourself. You reconcile all beings in the world. And you can really see there the centrality in Lanzu of patience. And there's also that centrality of patience in, in the Christian gospel. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, the most famous piece about, you know, love is not a clanging gong or a cymbal or, you know, if I have not love, I am blah, blah, blah. And like, it says in the middle of that, he says, love is patient. Love is kind. And in Psalm 37, it says, be still before the Lord, wait patiently. For him. And it's just something we don't have. You know, we don't have that patience, but that patience just suddenly allows us to have that peace. We have to wait to be patient. Zen Master Robert Kennedy, who, who's been here a couple of times, says that personal transformation happens so slowly that you don't notice it, but it happens nevertheless, like mountains appearing out of the sea. And you know, surprise, surprise. The word patience comes from the Latin word patienta, which means, anybody? It means suffering. That is the origin of the word patience. It comes from the the verb pati. And we also get a derivative that a doctor's patient is the one who suffers, patient. That is the same derivation of the suffering of patience. The quality, the definition of patience, the quality of being willing to bear adversaries, calm endurance of misfortune, suffering, the willingness to bear suffering. And you can see the link with compassion. And compassion comes from compatio. Again, patio, the same root, Compatio, which means patio to suffer, come with. Compatio to suffer with. So patience, 
compassion, they are all of a one. And so we're bearing with the suffering of the world. You know, we look at the news, we look at San Diego, we look at, we're bearing with the suffering of the world. And, you know, that's why it has these spiritual connotations. You know, Jesus, from that kiss, was bearing all the way through to the moment of his crucifixion. Meister Eckhart, the 13th century monk, his idea that the meditative state, and I've said this before here, but the meditative state, the state you go into in meditation is a state where you're wanting for nothing. You want for nothing in that meditative state, and therefore you're willing nothing, and you're as well knowing nothing. You are in that place of wanting for nothing, willing nothing, and and really admitting to yourself that you know nothing, just being in the presence, just being in the presence. That is what meditation is. And that's why we're asked to do that, meditation, or to live our lives as an act of love. It's an act of love, an act of giving of ourselves with no expectation of return. That's the definition we tend to use here for love, is giving with no expectation of return. And, you know, in meditation, we give of ourselves, give our meditation, not so that we get enlightened or become more calm. We give ourselves as an act of love to the universe. And thus we engage with the universe. And we do that with our lives. You know, we're patient. We are willing to suffer. We're willing to be in that place to give our lives as an act of love to the universe. Because, as I said before, the language of the universe is love. The universe, our world was given with no expectation of return. And our lives were given with no expectation of return. And for us to deeply participate in the universe, we have to engage in that act of love. We have to give ourselves with no expectation of return. And that is how you participate at the deepest level in life. That is the deepest level that you can participate in life that affects everything it is not moving the deck chairs on the titanic it it affects everything you're giving yourself at that deep level of love and that is the waiting in life it is a fundamental trust that you're waiting and you're allowing the universe to write itself not to be always getting somewhere or something but but giving from where we are. And it's hard. It is a hard thing to do because we just want things to work. We want to make it happen. We want, we want it to do that. It demands us to patio. It demands us to suffer, to feel. Whereas we really do want to sort it out. You know, we want to bring about our own transformation. We want to make the world a better place. And when it doesn't look like it's happening, we get disheartened. We withdraw our funding if things aren't happening. And yet we have to wait. You know, bang on, week in, week out, here. And it is easy to be disheartened. You know, we ask, what difference does it make? Where's the beef? Show me the money. You know, we want to know where the actual bit is. You know, the truth is that that is not the way that it works. That is, that is a, the, the mind's view. It's feeding the mind. The master views the parts with compassion. 
because he understands the whole. You can see that. Use the parts with compatio, with feeling, with patience. Views the parts with compassion because he understands with the soul. He's in the constant practice of humility. He doesn't glitter like a jewel, but he lets himself be shaped by the towel and becomes as rugged as a common stone. You can see the willingness to suffer in there. The willingness to be a, a common stone rather than a flash in the pan. And, you know, we have to be ready to be in it for really the long haul. You just slow down to say, hang on a bit. You know, this has been going on. The chapel's been here 50 years, right? This, did you know it was the chapel's 50th anniversary? Probably, probably. This universe has been going on for 13.7 billion years. And here we are, we're ex- always expecting to turn a page in a few weeks or a few months to stop everything going, you know, to have everything great. It's not going to happen like that. But the contribution we can make, the deepest contribution is to compatio, is to be there. Each little frustration, each little setback, each little time there's not a result We're asked to wait patiently, to suffer our impatience. Because that's the work that fundamentally makes a difference. That is what transforms the consciousness. Not flying around trying to be president. That doesn't transform the consciousness. That doesn't change everything. But being willing to feel the pain of no results and to transform that pain by giving ourselves with no expectation of return. It doesn't sound very sexy, I know. I just want to say that. It's not very Aspen. But the truth of the matter is that is the way that it is. In other words, by loving. That love is really the only thing that will change anything because it happens at depth. This is the work of depth rather than the surface. And again, Lao Tzu, just to quote him, Therefore, the master concerns herself with the depths and not the surface, with the fruit and not the flower. She has no will of her own. She dwells in reality and lets all illusions go. To wait patiently is to allow the natural harmony in ourselves and in all that's around us to balance itself. And therefore, the healing comes from outside ourselves, from that place in the universe that is naturally balanced. It comes from our souls. It comes from within us, fundamentally. And that is the place of balance. That is the place of peace. That is the place where we have to suffer the small things that happen and be willing as we go about our days just to bear that and to give love in return. And that is the transformation of consciousness that will bring about the greater change that we need to see happening in the world. And until that is going on, until people are are, operating at that level, we'll always be operating on the surface rather than in the depth. You know, wait for the Lord. It's a difficult thing. Wait for the Lord.
So let's pray. Just open our hearts with patience and compassion to all that's going on in our world at the moment. Just think of those still suffering in Sri Lanka. We have a Jewish community here in the chapel and we think about the Chabad in Poway, in San Diego, those affected by the shooting there, those in war zones, feeling oppressed, unable to do anything about their situations, in conflict, those who are starving, hungry, countries that are out of control, where human life seems to be cheap, people can't feed their own children. Pray for those in prisons. Pray for those without hope. Pray for those who are homeless. We open our hearts to patiently wait with compassion to bring love into the world. We pray for our own valley here, the Roaring Fork Valley, those up and down the valley who are working today, visitors, pray for safety in our valley, pray for those who we know are not well at the moment and grieving, we pray for Mimi Schumberger battling with cancer, for Cindy Van Der Veer, Taylor Patterson, for Janny Anderson, for Helen Gotchi, for Cody Davis recovering from back surgery, for Dan and Judy Leffler, for the Franklin family of the loss of Shelley's beloved stepfather, Vern Vaness. Pray for the family of Borghild Haran, Evelemna's mother, and the family of Jean Yates, Susan Wampler's father, who died recently at the age of 97. We offer our hearts to all those people, all these situations, and we ask that our love is mingled and makes a difference. Amen.